Lamentations chapter 3, verse 24. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. God moment number six. He is able. This is Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you, man. I pray you're doing good. It's always good to be with you as we round the corner on 2020. I don't know about y'all, but man, it is sure going to be good to see 2020 in the rearview mirror, eh, man? <laughs> we're talking about God moments, and when we talk about God moments, we're talking about times within my life that the Lord showed up in a mighty way. Not every one of these moments now are at the best times of my life. Some of them are real struggles, are real difficult situations that God had an opportunity to turn around. Moments when the Lord truly steps in and made a difference and helped me and he kept me in those situations. In this episode, we're going to talk about one of the saddest moments of my life, one of the hardest struggles that I've endured and how the Lord took it around and totally brought forth the miracle. But we see here in the book of, in the book of Lamentations, as we was reading in the beginning, <clears throat> who was known as the, the weeping prophet, Jeremiah, he lamented the, the, the nation of Israel and her lack of spiritual discernment in keeping their covenant with God. Now, Israel had totally went astray from the Lord, and Jeremiah just oh, heart was broken over what was taking place. He was mourning the fact that the first wave of captives had been taken away. The, 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 the Jerusalem was beginning to be ruined and, and, and destroyed, and the, the, the first wave of captives was to be taken off to Babylon, and it just broke the heart of Jeremiah. Now, the book of Lamentations makes up of five different poems that typically would be read at a funeral or, or a, a family mourning their, a loved one. Jeremiah uses these poems, and the majority of these poems, as I said, were, were used for funerals. And yet, he uses it here talking about the nation of Israel. When we get to chapter 3, something takes place. Almost like a light, light switch takes happens. It's where the Lord totally steps in and, and arises faith within the life of Jeremiah. He confirms that God is faithful and his mercy is new every morning. And then in verse 24, he affirms that he has hope, that his hope was not in the nation. His hope was not in the systems of that nation, but his hope was in God. And because his hope was in God, because the Lord was his portion, he himself had hope. When we live by faith and not by sight, we can come to the same conclusion. The Lord is our portion. The Lord, it doesn't matter who we face. It doesn't matter what we're going against. It doesn't matter what comes down our way or who's in the White House, who's in the Senate. It doesn't matter who's in the Congress. Jesus is on the throne. Therefore, we have hope. Well, in the fall semester of 2007, I was serving in Deland at Northside Baptist Church and in school at the Baptist College of Florida in Graceville. Uh, in October of that year, <clears throat> I had received a phone call that my closest cousin had died. She was pregnant and had been found dead in her home. And there was a lot of suspicion of a lot of different things, but it, come to find out it was from an overdose. 
not something that she wanted to do. It was just something that happened from the drugs that she was addicted to. It was a sad moment. It was devastating. And it just wrecked her mother. It wrecked her brothers and her sister and, and, her, and our family. It was, it was difficult. She was just as sweet as can be. But at that time, you know, I had a, I had a full load within school, within ministry, and all types of things. And I just, I didn't know what to do. And I was praying and I felt the Lord say, you know, it's time to go minister to your family. So I took a couple of days off from school and I went down to go minister to my family. And it was just a hard, hard situation. It just took everything out of me because it was my cousin too. It was really close. You know, we grew up almost like brothers and sisters where families were so close. And it was just hard. It was hard. But her mother and her brothers were having ill feelings toward uh, the situation, and it was just bothering them. And I tried my hardest to minister to them and to try to keep their eyes on heaven and understanding that you can't change what's been done. You can only, it was just a difficult time. It was draining. It was physically draining on me, spiritually, emotionally. It was just hard. It was a hard time in all of our lives. And, um, I, the, the, the funeral services were planned, the memorial services was planned, and I was asked to, to preach the services for her, which for me, it was an honor because, again, she just meant the world to, to our family, to all of our cousins, and especially to my family as we had grew up real close to her, her family. So we, 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 I agreed to do it. It was an honor. And uh, I knew that I was going to miss more school, but I felt like, you know, this was the thing to do. An opportunity to, to, to minister to the family was very important. So that fell on a Friday. We had the services, unbelievable presence of the Lord. God totally graced us. We really enjoyed it. You know, as difficult and awful as it was, God really turned it around for us to be able to be encouraged and was so thankful. And then, of course, I had my full load of ministry that weekend with Saturday and then with Sunday with preaching. Well, I came back home, back to school Sunday night, and I got back to the school real late. And I was, you know, as I always would do, I'd prepare all of my stuff for the week. I'd put my clothes away, put you know, some water away, and just get everything ready for the week. I was getting ready to lay down, and I was looking at my calendar, and I realized that written right there on my calendar that I was scheduled to preach the next morning in my preaching class. <clears throat> Man, you talking about like a load of bricks falling on you. <laughs> I just got overwhelmed. I almost like just like, my goodness, after all I've just been through in the past week and a half, and now I have this, and it totally was not ready for it. Uh, I said, well, maybe the professor would give me grace. Maybe the professor would show, you know, kindness and understand my situation. And then I realized, you know what? He's a preaching professor and I'm this school focuses on preaching and, and pastoral work. And you don't ever get breaks in that. You know, you, life comes at you and you need to be able to minister and be able to speak when it's time. And so I knew I wasn't going to get any, any, any grace in that area. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to lay down. I'm going to pray and let the Lord, you know, do what the Lord's going to do. Well, I woke up early the next morning and I realized that just a couple semesters before I had did this paper 
throughout the book of Mark. And this paper was an exegetical paper. It was just basically like you take a passage and you just dissect it according to context and you just turn it in. It's not a sermon. It's just an exegetical work. It's just you just deciphering and just breaking down. It's almost like a, a type of a commentary, but just more in depth on background and historical context and stuff. So I remember doing that and I said, I had this paper. Um, it's not a sermon. But I can hand him that paper and he'll buy me time when he looks at it and say, well, this ain't a sermon I could add to it. So I said, well, I'm going to give him some. So, so I started reading over this, started reading over the text that was mentioned in the book of Mark. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, man, this ain't this just ain't getting into me. I was just like, so I just started praying. So I'm just going to pray. And I, I prayed for over an hour and I went to class. And as we got to the, the class, it was a preaching lab. It was kind of like a small little chapel. The professor would always take prayer requests, and then, you know, he would call up the pastor. And nothing changed. You know, he takes a prayer request, and then he calls me up to, to, to preach. And he asked me if I was ready. And I said, yes, sir, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, all right. <laughs> Well, he hands all the students, all the other students in the class, you know, their critique. Because when you're preaching in front of your class, other pastors and others, other teachers and preachers, they have to write down the bad, the good, and the ugly. And I'm just saying, most of the time, it's ugly. You know, we're, we were hard on each other. That's just the nature of it. We wanted to get the best out of one another. So I'm like, man, I've been hard on these guys all semester. Now it's my turn. And I am not ready. This, I mean, I was, this is overwhelming. So I handed my professor the, the exegetical work that I did a couple semesters before. And I get up there and I'm like, so do I, I need to preach out of that text, right? And he says, yes, sir. And I said, well, what's the text? <laughs> and he, he says, uh, it's, it's uh, Mark 15, 33 through 39. I said, all right. I didn't have no notes because he had the only paper that I had. And so I said, well, let's, let's pray and let's see what the Lord, what the Lord does here. I prayed and I prayed and asked God to just move in and have mercy. Now, up to that point, the Lord knew my heart. He knew I wasn't wasting time. He knew I wasn't avoiding this. He knew that I was just being obedient and being obedient he was about to reward me. I opened my eyes, and when I opened my eyes, I just felt like, after we got done praying and I'm reading that text, I felt the Lord step in. Now, when I preach, I know it's a gift from the Lord. I know God's hands upon me, but there's special times where you're like, the Lord's doing this, and He steps in. And you. Some, that's why I like to go back and listen to some of my messages, because I know that it was He was just using my voice. And it was this time I said, man, God just stepped in. He just went straight down this text and he used my voice to minister to this class. At the end of the sermon, you, you just stand there. <laughs> and after what, just, what we just experienced, I'm standing there after I got done preaching and all the guys are looking at me and the professor's looking at me. And I know that I had not prepared and I deserved to be lamb blasted and just railroaded from these guys and they just started saying man that was the best message i've heard in a long time 
you should preach that in the in the preaching contest and I'm like are y'all serious and they just kept saying even the professor said you should you should try to enter that into the preaching competition to see if you would win that was a great message and I was just blown away. I know I couldn't take credit for what took place. It was all the grace of God and the mercy of God. After all that hard situation I had just went through, the, the emotional draining, the spiritually draining, and God just showed grace. I said, well, dang, if I'm going to preach this again, I'm going to have to get the, the outline for it. Did anybody take any notes? And they said, yeah, 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 we took notes. Mark 15, 33 through 39. The first, Jesus is in charge of time, verse 33. Jesus is in charge of the elements, verse 33. Jesus took power over all sin, verse 34 through 39. I'm like, man, that's a good outline. I wrote it down, and they, the professor signed me up for the President's Excellence in Preaching Award. I believe it was the first one that the school had offered. And uh, the school focused on preaching. And so this was a great honor for this to be the first one and me to enter it. I signed up and I, they, they brought us back into that preaching lab a couple weeks later with the best preachers our school had to offer at that time. Those who had entered, it was wonderful sitting there. And my goodness, you ought to heard the sermons that were articulated and that were given that, that day, man. It was powerful, powerful. So they had a board of, of uh, that brought up the committee that the vice president of the Baptist College of Florida, the preaching professor, the dean of students, an Old Testament professor, and then a missions director as well, missions professor who's in charge of the missions at that time. And these guys are heavy hitters, man. These are, I would say, scholars by any means, scholars. And they preach some powerful sermons that I've heard over the years, and they're critiquing all of us and judging us and you talking about it's nerve-wracking so the the guys would go and then they would get critiqued and then they would sit down and another person would go and man these guys that are preaching these guys are laying it out it was so good man it was so good these guys were well educated they grew up in church they grew up in sunday school had great doctrine great presentation Man, even anointing, it was just special. It was just really special. And then there I sat, you know, a guy I grew up in ESC classes because of a learning disability, an emotional problem, a guy that was broken, kicked in, <laughs> broken from the world and, and life's decisions, kicked out of high school and got a GED and worked in construction and just got saved not too long ago. And there I sat. Man, this things couldn't get any worse. This nervousness couldn't get any bigger. I realize because I hope in him, therefore I have hope. See, I was sitting there not because of Sean. I was sitting there because of what Jesus had done in Sean's life. I had hope. You know, I stood up there and I preached that message like I, like I had preached to 60,000 people. The anointing and the power of God was upon me, and I knew it. I felt it. I was very confident in what the Lord had done and what the Lord was doing. For the Lord was my portion and is my portion. I got down, and they, they collected everything. They discussed, and they, they, they left it to two finalists. 
And those two finalists out of about 12 men, those two finalists would preach in front of the entire school and the chapel services during the final week of school. And then they would present the winner with the award. Well, I got a phone call that I was one of the two finalists to preach in that R.G. Lee Chapel in front of the entire school during seniors week. Man, I was excited. It was unreal. If you would remember the testimonies of just six years earlier, because this would take place in November, the week after Thanksgiving, was six years earlier on November 22nd, 2001, I had got arrested for driving under the influence. I was drunk and I got pulled over and God radically changed my life. The following summer in 2002, my pastor took me to the Baptist College of Florida to pray about going to that school. And we pulled in front of that R.G. Lee Chapel. And as soon as I stepped my foot onto the campus of that school, the Holy Spirit says, you are to be here. This is where I want you. We walked into the chapel, and as soon as we walked in, there was a picture of Dr. R.G. Lee right there in front. And my pastor just about was weeping when he saw that picture. And I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he said, this is the man that led me to the Lord. This is the man that showed me what it was like to be a pastor in ministry. I was just blown away. I was in complete awe that this Dr. R.G. Lee directly impacted my life in his life and from his life. When we walked into that chapel, I just sat there and I said, you know what, one day I'm going to preach in this chapel. And now I had an opportunity. Five years later, I stepped behind that pulpit with a word from God and as a testimony, a demonstration that there's nothing God can't do in the life of those who trust him. That chapel service was scheduled after Thanksgiving, like I had said, in 2007. And remember, I had just got back from China. I was jet lagged. <laughs> Never knew anything about jet lag at that time. I was jet lagged. And man, I was physically exhausted. But I stepped behind that pulpit and I just felt the power of God again. Sure, that all the professors in the entire school, faculty, staff, President, vice president, leaders, and then all the students. And I stand there, the least of these, who had just went through one of the hardest seasons of my life. But God, but God. I preached, and with, with all that was in me, I felt the fire of God in my bones. I, I preached the, the, the power of the cross, the, the work of God, how he's before all things and holds all things together. And it was totally a powerful moment in my life. When I walked down those steps, the first person to come up and greet me was Dr. Mark Long. I got it. Somebody took a picture of it, but Dr. Mark Long came up. He was the first one to greet me. I was so overwhelmed at preaching I come down my mentor his first one he hugs me shakes my hand and he looks me in my eyes and he says I'm so proud of you and I just want to tell you man I never had a dad I never had anybody never not once 
anyone, not a coach, not a friend, not an uncle, no man in my life that had impact or influence up to that point had ever looked me in my eyes and told me how proud they were of me. And it was just like the words of heaven that just rushed upon me in in that moment. The father was proud of me because I didn't rely on myself. I didn't do things in my own strength. It wasn't something derived from my own intelligence or my own ability. Matter of fact, if you look back, it was all grace. Even in the midst of an awful situation, my portion was the Lord. Therefore, I had hope. Jeremiah came to that place when looking at Israel. I came to that place while serving the Lord at the Baptist College of Florida. It doesn't matter what 2021 brings. It doesn't matter how bad or difficult it's going to get. It doesn't matter what life throws at you. The truth is the Lord is your portion. And by his grace, you have hope that he can turn things around in just a moment. Our hope is in him. Father, we love you. We thank you. We bless you and we just give you all the glory. And Lord, I pray for those who are struggling, who are enduring, Lord, who are battling and hurting. God, I pray that they're reminded even today that their portion is you, O Lord. Therefore, they have hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God bless you real good. God bless you all the way and I'll see you next time on Sean and the Word.